Hey there, and welcome back to the Clarity Podcast. This podcast is all about providing clarity, insight, and encouragement for life and mission. And my name is Aaron Santemeyer, and I'm going to be your host. Today, we have the phenomenal opportunity to sit down with um, some friends from way back, um, from Florida days, um, Brandy and John Carano. Just phenomenal to sit with them. John and I were missions majors um, together back at Southeastern. And uh, yeah, just it was just great to spend some time with them. There, there are people that when you get to spend time with them, um, you can feel the joy, you can feel yeah, just the love of God in them and uh, their desire just to share and encourage others. And they both have such a pastoral, pastoral hearts and uh, yeah, just phenomenal to spend. But the focus of the interview was we were talking about um, the health journey that they've been on together as a family. Brandy specifically um, has has had a been fighting a battle and just to just to hear the reports of what God has done, um, the challenges that they have walked through and um, just how God has walk them through that and how that impacted and affected John as the spouse and their their children, how they've navigated that, how God's word has spoke to them um, both during this time, what they've learned from that and learning to be cared for. Um, They're pastors of a a large international church. And and, uh, just when it comes to that point where they're used to providing the care, you'll get to hear some of their stories and testimonies of how they they reach out and they they love on people. And then then when they were put in this situation um, where there people are providing care for them, how they walk through that with grace and continue to do that and the lessons they've learned um, in, in this time and in this process. Just great to sit, sit down with them and learn so much from them. And like I said, if I lived and where they're pastoring, I would be in their church for sure. Um, they're great people and um, people I highly respect. And it was just an honor to sit with them um, today and uh, learn from them. Do want to ask you to continue to send in your questions for the, the podcast for Back Channel with Foth. That's where we sit down with Dick Foth. We curate people's um, questions and we get to, um, I get to sit down and ask Dick and learn from him. And uh, it's always a fun time to do that and uh, enjoy, enjoy spending time with, with him on Back Channel with Foth. Well, there's no time better than now to get started. So here we go. Greetings and welcome back to the Clarity Podcast. So excited to be here today. We spent a good time chatting before we hit record with John and Brandy Carano. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's great to be here. So excited to have you both. Will you just go ahead and share, take a few minutes just to share a little bit about yourself and then we'll jump into some of the questions. Yeah, sure. We are missionaries in Barcelona, Spain. Been here for almost 13 years. And uh, for the last eight years, we've been pastoring the International Church of Barcelona, which is uh, just a wonderful community of faith. And we have people from all over the world, 90 different nationalities. And so it's just a a lot of fun. Uh, Three kiddos. Yeah. And we've got Bella, who's 13, Julia is eight, and John John is almost five, which is crazy. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I've been married 18 years. Yeah, very cool. John and I know each other from way back at Southeastern. And um, yeah, it's it's been great. We were telling, I won't tell the story, but a story I used to tell in itineration. And <laughs> and they remember the things people people remember, uh, they remembered, which was, which was cool. Hey, I was reading a little bit in prep for this interview, um, just a little bit about your ministry and what God's been doing. Can you just, I thought it was really encouraging. I read somewhere that you had heard when you guys moved to the, the town you're in, they said, hey, that's a graveyard for missionaries or whatever, something to that effect. And just the miraculous work that God has done um, there. Could you just share a little bit of that was really encouraging to me. And I think it'll be very encouraging to the audience. Yeah, I would love to share about that. So when we first moved to Spain, um, we had an orientation with a veteran missionary who is honestly um, now has become a dear friend, has actually shared at the church multiple times. 
But um, we had this great orientation, everything about Spain. And the last thing he said to us was, all right, guys, we're so glad you're here. You know, just don't get your hopes up. <laughs> and I actually <laughs> laughed because I thought it was a joke. And uh, we quickly realized it was not a joke. And we walked into the door with his wife. They left. And I looked at John and I said, worst orientation ever. Why did they send this person to the newbies? Yeah. And you can tell from there. Yeah, but, you know, it was one of those moments where we were excited because we thought he's going to pour into us. Yeah. He's going to give us all this wisdom yeah. about what to do and how to reach the area we're in. Yeah. And in that moment, we just, you know, balloon deflated. Um, and, and he had said, look, they're not going to be nice to you. They're not going to be friendly. They're not going to open up their doors and invite you in. You know, just do what you can. And we, we thought, well, we're, we're friendly. We're outgoing. Like Bella is at that time, like a year old and super cute. Uh, but he was right. They weren't nice to us. Uh, they weren't friendly, <laughs> friendly. You know, so we walk in and be like, hi, we're your new neighbors. And they would look at us like, who cares? Why are you talking to me? And uh, I remember we, I came home that night and, and Brandy said to me, John, we're going to make this happen. We are going to meet every person in this building. We are going door to door. It's near Christmas. We're making brownies. It's on. And so uh, we did. We went door to door. And when I say we, I stayed back to intercede and pray. And she and Bella did. And uh, they met every neighbor, gave a card, offered that I would carry groceries for like every grandma in the building. And uh, But something interesting happened. Within one week, all but one neighbor came back with a gift or a wow. toy or something to reciprocate the kindness that was shown. And uh, the, about a week after that, I'm standing at the ATM machine and uh, there was someone that came up behind me and I kind of shuffled forward. Yeah. And then they, they pressed in and I kind of spun around quick to see who was behind me and thinking, you know, alert up, it's on. Yeah. Uh, it was like a 300 year old grandma standing behind me. And she goes, ah, oh, John, I didn't mean to scare you. Of course, I was like, nah, girl, you didn't scare me. You know, she did. But she said, hey, I want to say thanks for, were they called brownies? Wow. And I said, yeah, yeah, they're brownies. And she said, is it normal to do something like that for someone you don't know where you're from? Hmm. And I said, that depends on where you, where you live. I said, why do you ask? And I'll never forget what she said next. She said, I've lived in that building 62 years. And in 62 years, no one's ever done anything like that for me before. Wow. And uh, the Holy Spirit just touched my heart and said, John, they may be closed hearted. They may be closed off. They may want nothing to do with why you're here or who I am. But there's one thing they can't fight. And it's my love when shown wow. in an authentic way. And that wow. became our goal was yeah. to show the love of Christ in real and authentic ways. And um, our hopes are sky high, Aaron. I can't, yeah. I, I can't deny it. God has done incredible things in our midst. And from a young adult ministry that started in our home, we then became the lead pastors of the International Church, which yeah. grew from one gathering to now 11 gatherings on the weekends. And um, it's, it's a lot of hard work. There's a lot of challenges. But I have yeah. to say, like, um, our hopes are sky high. Yeah. And um, we know God can do all things yeah. and uh, he's proven it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, so in the midst of this, you've, there's been a health challenge and um, would you be able just to share a little bit about your health journey you've been over, been going through the last few years? Sure. So um, COVID affected every single part of the world, of course, um, in March of 2020. And so yeah. we went into confinement here in Barcelona as a lot of the world did as well. Yeah. And um, right as our first week of phase one coming out of in-home confinement where our children didn't leave the house for nine weeks once and, um, and et cetera, um, I had an appointment that I was really excited to have just, just, to, just to check up on some things. And um, anyway, my doctor said, Brandy, I think you should have a mammogram today. And I said, actually, that's not what I came in for. She said, no, I really think you should. And I said twice, no, let's not do that today. <laughs> and, uh, and she said, you know, I'm going to call downstairs. And she did. She called her friend in radiology. And uh, she said, Brandy, if you go downstairs in the next 10 minutes, they'll see you today. 
So I text John, like, do I do it? He writes back in all caps, yes. <laughs> so I was like, okay. So I go down there and the doctor said, um, you know, Brandy, could you stay another half hour? I said, I thought you needed to leave. And she said, um, I think we should both stay for a little bit longer, which was a little bit intimidating yeah. to hear. Alarm, alarm, I'm sure. <laughs> anyway, I'm they sure. took me home that day after a biopsy and they said, um, you know, don't worry too much about it. This looks like something that's not a big deal, very common for people in your age bracket. But there's some some little concerns. Then they called a week later, and uh, and I, my wonderful doctor said, "Are you sitting down?" <laughs> and if you've ever gotten the phone call, "Are you mm. sitting down?" Uh, mm. You know those aren't the words you want to hear. So anyway, she told me that um, unfortunately it was breast cancer that they had found, but that they had found it early and to come in for an appointment and for surgery the next week. And honestly, I mean, I called John. He came home. Um, he was very upset. I wasn't. Um, I cried more than she did. <laughs> so true. <laughs> John sort of lost it in that moment. I didn't. My mother had had breast cancer at 39. She's yeah. still living. I was 37 at that time. And um, I just kind of saw it as, okay, here we are. Yeah. And we went through the surgery, recovered from the surgery, no problems at all. And uh, I really just thought this is a once and done. This is not a big yeah. deal until the pathology report came back. Hmm. And that was about two weeks after surgery. I went hmm. in for my appointment and um, I dress up for doctor's appointments. <laughs> <laughs> I can't explain it, but um, I looked cute. Like I had yeah, on a dress, my hair was fixed, full makeup, you know, and I just bounced into that appointment, Aaron, because yeah. I just knew it was good news. Yeah. Um, and there was really good news. The first yeah. part was that it had not spread, which was hmm. the most important thing. Yeah. But then they said, we've got some bad news and you could feel it. Like the whole room just changed. Hmm. And they said, um, we're sorry to tell you, but this was surprisingly a very yeah. aggressive form of this cancer that is very likely to return. And when it returns, it goes from stage one to stage four immediately, meaning wow. it's metastasized by the time that they discover it. Hmm. And, um, and that was very unexpected. So I went from surgery and radiation to 15 months of intense treatment, including chemotherapy, the loss of my hair, of course, all the things that accompany two episodes of anaphylactic shock where I was convinced that I was dying because I was, um, and then um, a horrible reaction to chemo, and then uh, months of immunotherapy and radiotherapy and alternative therapy and just about anything you can think of. <laughs> wow. wow. So it turned into like the ordeal. Wow. And so in the midst of this, you're leading a church. So how, how, how do you, in the middle of COVID, so can you tell us a little bit about that? John will tell you about that, but I have to say, Aaron, I'm convinced it was the perfect time to have cancer. I know that sounds horrible. I, I People laugh every time I say it, but it's just the truth. Um, it was, if you're going to have cancer, the 2020 was, was the year to do it. Just wow. saying. Wow. Everything was shut down. There was no travel. So, you know, yeah. you can just focus on getting better. Our schedule had fully cleared, um, yeah. but we were navigating circumstances ministerially and yeah. at home. We never navigated before. So that was yeah. the challenge. Yeah. You know, one of the things too that is important to know with Brandy is she's not just a part of the the process here with the church. Uh, we lead hand in hand every mm -hmm. ministry together, and uh, you know, often it's it's hard to see where John ends and Brandy begins, and vice versa. Yeah, and so she's actively involved. She preaches at the church. You know, she leads multiple ministries. Uh, she's just such an integral part of who we are, and and every way the church looks at her as like mom and spiritual leader, wow. coach, you know, cheerleader, all of yeah. those things. And, uh, and so we, you know, we, when we first got the diagnosis, it wasn't easy. Then knowing that we were going into that next season of intense treatments, we mm -hmm. said, okay, things have to change. And her doctors were saying, you've got to slow down, Randy. You've yeah. got to reserve your energy. You, you're focused right now. The best thing you can do, a, a doctor who 
does not yet know Christ said, Mm -hmm. the best thing you can do for your family and for your community of faith is focus on your healing. And so we took that uh, seriously. And so Brandy really did step back from those things um, during that season to focus on being healthy and to be there with the kids and and not taking care of them, but helping them process through this. Yeah. And there were several things that initially um, I sensed directed to do. The first thing was to handle this with honesty, to be authentic about the process, but also with faith. Um, faith does not come easily to me at all. This guy here could walk on water. That is not happened twice. No, yeah, right. I've dealt with faith crisis my entire life, and so it was a real stretch for me. The authenticity was not that's easy for me, but to but to approach this with faith um, really was a challenge, and also to take the time that we needed to take personally when John was having to recreate a new future for the church and our team. And there was so much need for pastoral care within our church, within our team, that for me to feel like I couldn't offer that felt very inward focused and it felt Mm. almost selfish. It Mm. is not selfish to take care of yourself, but it felt that way because Mm. we've always functioned with such an outward focus. It was hard to focus on on me, to be honest. I think one of the things that really did help, though, is that because Brandy clearly felt from God, take this on with authenticity and transparency and Mm. faith. She was very honest with the team and with me. And so the, our, our team that we have here are just, they're fantastic. Um, they're a fantastic team. They're a family. And they really rose up during that time and said, um, we, we will help. We will fill in the gaps. And so I think one of the really thing, important things that I would say is surround yourself with people that can help champion you through the process. Yeah. yeah. That was huge for us. So Brandy, you mentioned your faith. You said you've been, have no problems with transparency, but faith. Um, can you just share a little bit about how, your faith has grown or maybe just some of the, your journey. Yeah. And faith through this time. I'd be happy to share that. Um, like I said, I've had, I've just, I've been a serious of faith crisis my whole life. Unfortunately, I'm a bit of a wired atheist and faith does not come naturally to me, but faith is a choice for me. Hmm. And that's what I've had to discover over the years is that just like loving John is a choice that I make. Uh, yeah. Having faith in God is a choice that I make. And as I exercise that faith, um, he, he meets me there every yeah. single time. Yeah. And so I have to say the higher the mountain, the closer <laughs> the relationship and cancer and COVID together. Um, right when we were in COVID, I remember preaching a message and said, you know, guys, let's refuse to leave this time unchanged. Hmm. I had no idea I was going to be diagnosed with cancer two weeks no. later. Yeah. And um, when that happened, I just sensed from the Holy Spirit, Brandy refused to leave this time unchanged. Hmm. And I said, God, it, it, you know, if you go through cancer and COVID and, and don't change, you've missed a real opportunity. Right. <laughs> <laughs> true. That, true. True. But there are a few things. There are a few things. And one of them is faith. Um, the Lord is, he met me there. He met me in my weakness. He met me on my strength. He spoke so specifically miracle after miracle after miracle um, was just so evident before our eyes. I don't know. I, I would like to think, I would really like to think that my faith has grown where there's no turning back. There's no turning back. I know him. <laughs> it sounds like Elf. I know him. But I do. I know the Lord in his joy, but now I know the Lord in his suffering. And I have to say, there's something about suffering that changes your relationship with Christ and with the world around you. And that's a priceless gift. Hmm. And John, so your, your wife is going through this and obviously you're going through it too. Has your, how's your faith 
been changed or maybe it's the same or has it grown? She said you had a lot of faith. You, you're walking on water. I think you said twice, only twice. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, how are you? And then, and as she said, this process of suffering, um, I know that you were suffering also, um, but it also caring for your wife as she suffered. How, yeah, just some insight from you, I think it'd be valuable. Yeah, no, I, I you know, in the process, um, first I'll say about Brandy, during the entire process, uh, she really was trying to push into God and push into what he was doing. She went into every chemo session, every radiation session, singing worship songs mm-hmm. and encouraging every person around her, uh, mm-hmm. including me as I was crying my way in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, she really pushed into that. And it's evident in what God's done in her uh, during this time. Because I knew I had to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had no other choice. <laughs> um, I had depression. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And, and then for me, you know, I had somebody at the church. So, you know, over the years, you ask how things have been going at the church. The church, every single week and every single gathering, people come to know Jesus. Right. And so <laughs> we've seen beautiful things happening over these last eight years. And so I had people challenge me during this process. They said, so like, how are you with God? And hmm. I said, good. And they said, are you angry? Are you upset? He didn't answer prayers to not let your wife get sick or this or that or the yeah. other. You know, there's always that push towards the leadership whenever something like this happens. Like, you know, where's yeah. God? Are you sure you still believe? Yeah. Uh, and, and honestly, I did a lot of soul searching in the beginning. And, and I said, honestly, I'm good with God. I'm not upset with him that we have to walk through this. Like, this is not his fault. You know, he didn't do yeah. something to us. This is right. part of life and, and we've got to navigate it. Uh, but I really did pray, Lord, help me to be the leader I need to be. Uh, I need more strength than I've had, uh, you know, for, for years. Cause this is heavy, you know, when, yeah. when you're used to doing something with someone, uh, in tandem yeah. and, and, and I rely so much on Brandy and she on me and we cheer each other on and to, to have that person not there. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to lie in the beginning. I, I almost went through a small grieving process of hmm. going, my, my co-laborer is not here, but not cause she doesn't want to be, she yeah. wants to be here more than I want to be here. That was a huge part of what the Lord was doing in my life was to say, it's okay to step back when I knew my stepping back was putting so much more weight on him. That's really hard. Yeah. But it did push me to, 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 to have some shifts in in this process and other ones that we were working through um, that made those, those prayers and scriptures of in my weakness, you're strong, go from Mm -hmm. a coffee cup mug, you know, t-shirt to, to going, God, I'm so weak. I need you to be strong. Wow. And that his grace was there and and to feel strength that didn't make sense, but you knew it was coming from him in the moment to be the mm-hmm. leader or the father or the husband or whatever yeah. it was in the moment that I needed to be. Um, it was, it was beautiful. So yeah. no, I feel like it really helped us push together towards him, uh, not away. Yeah. And not just towards the Lord, but towards each other. John and I have always had a, a really good relationship. We've always been best friends and yeah, co-laborers yeah. and all of it. Yeah. Um, but I tell you what, <laughs> my dad told me this when John and I were dating, actually, he said, Brandy, life is not about the easy times. Yeah. It's about the hard times and who's going to be there, not on the good days, but on the bad days. And as you go through suffering, I think it gives you the chance to either pull together or to separate in some way or to drift. Hmm. And to be honest, like I just, I, we're not even the couple we were two years ago. Yeah. Um, we, we had a really good thing going for 16 years, but the last two years have just brought us to a whole new level of closeness with each other too. Yeah. And with our kids. Yeah. yeah. We had friends that would say things like, uh, how's it going with Brandy going through cancer? And I said, Oh, make no mistake. We are going, we to, are cancer. going to cancer. I said, hmm. she's the one that takes the biggest push of it. I said, but our whole family is going through this. And I think hmm. even taking it on that way, helped us have honest conversations together and with the kids and just yeah. navigating it better than we would have, if we pretended like those things were not affecting all of us. 
So a couple that is facing something like um, not, no one's going to go through exactly what you've went through, but is that a daily decision to draw closer together or is that an hourly decision? Could you share just some wisdom and, and, and yeah, some counsel for those that are listening in that maybe they're facing something similar, um, how they can make that decision to draw closer together that, rather than pulling apart? Aaron, that's a really good question. I don't know if it was daily every day or if it was hourly every day. The whole process was one step at a time. Hmm. And that was one of the greatest challenges regarding COVID and regarding the church and regarding cancer was I, I didn't have the ability to see the future. <laughs> I couldn't, yeah. I right. couldn't, I couldn't even think about right. next week. Everything was right in front of my face, including my mortality, which was a very interesting journey. But um, but I I know for us. That was it. It wasn't an option. Mm-hmm. It was just the way it's going to be is we're going to take this on yeah. and we're going to get through this. And God is for us. He is not yeah. against us. The Lord gave me Isaiah 41. You know, I've chosen you. I've not rejected you. You mm-hmm. know, don't fear. I'm mm-hmm. with you. I'm upholding you. And again, that's not you singular. Right. That was you, both of us. Yeah. And so as the Lord was upholding each of us, we were upholding each other. I don't know. Yeah, I think that that was a massive part of the process. I think part of it, too, for us was we tried to see each other through the process, if that makes sense. So hmm. a lot of times natural humanity goes selfish, goes inward focus, yeah. goes self-protection, self-preservation. Yeah. And yeah. there were many times where I'm trying to take care of Brandy and Brandy in the middle of her pain, in the middle of her tubes coming out of everywhere and IVs and needle pokes more than we would like to count in a lifetime. She would look across and go, how are you doing? You okay today? Yeah. And I'm going, I'm not the one laying in the bed. Because I knew he was suffering too. But, but sometimes we don't see it. But that also helped me go, I see you even more because I feel seen. And so we pushed together. I had a lot of friends that had gone through these kind of things that would call me and say, John, you're not alone. And I know you're dealing with it too. And I said, no, I appreciate that. And thanks for the call. And I'll reach out if I need to. But, but I also have that here with Brandy because she's going, how are you doing with this? And I, yeah. I just, I applaud her to see the people around her in the middle of her own pain, helped all of us push in closer and go, okay, we make that decision together. But I think yeah. another thing that might, might kind of to your question about how to choose each other and stay close and get closer is to allow help from the outside. Um, hmm. If John was cooking every meal, if John was cleaning the house every day, if, if John, John was, was pastoring the church by himself, <laughs> if I'm going to chemo to yeah. try to you know stay alive, Right. And we were doing all these things separately. I think that would have been really hard. And that's a temptation when things gets crazy. It's just to go into, yeah. you know, emergency, yeah. urgent, right. fight and conquer mode. And honestly, like we asked for help and the Lord brought the right help. Hmm. And I think that's a huge thing when facing crisis is to trust the Lord to fill the gaps because he will. And he provided the people that could take care of the children. So John could come with me. So he was a full part of my treatment. Hmm. Um and so I don't think there was ever a point where we weren't communicating through it and experiencing yeah. it together. Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah. We had someone ask us like, what can we help you with? And I said, I don't want Brandy to be there alone. I want to go with her. And yeah. so this girl said, I will come pick up your kids every day and I'll stay with yeah. them until you get back. If I need to, whenever that she's in treatment, I'll make sure you can be and there. And we never accepted wow. help before. If we could help, yeah, we we'd be like, Oh, no, it's okay. <laughs> we don't need help. We needed oh, help. <laughs> and we accepted help from the family of God. Yeah. Was that a transition for you though? I mean, did immediately you accept it or was it a process of accepting help or? It was part of those early instructions. I can't explain it more than that, but those early instructions were go through this with honesty, go through this with faith. 
Another part of that was allow people to take care of you. And it's almost like we've been taking care of people for so long out of what we do, or maybe even out of obligation, depending on the moment. Um, But like we were always taking care of others. And this was a time to say, it's okay for others to take care of you. Yeah. Totally counterintuitive in yeah. every way. Because ministry yeah. mission says, be strong, lead, take care of them. Don't be a burden on them. It's not you're, about you're you. You're the spiritual leader. Yeah. Right. Uh, all good things. But yeah. I think there has to be space where you go, yeah, this is what family is about. Yeah. This is what the family of God's about that we can also go. And yeah, people today. were so yeah. honored. They, they actually took it on as an honor to take care of our family. They were so honored to be closer to us. Yeah. And I thought I've been kind of like not needing help for so long. And this is such a learning for all of us. Yeah. Wow. And so processing a diagnosis like this and a challenge with your children. So you're modeling this to your the broader church family that you it's very evident they're very close to you all. How have you had conversations with your kids? I, I have know people that have had walked through similar things and they're leaders in the church. They have faith, but it's really rattled or their children have had questions. You know, how could this happen to my mom and dad? They love Jesus. They're missionaries. They're serving. And how could something like this happen? I'm not saying you have to give me intimate details of your family discussions, but at the same time, would you be willing to at least share a little bit of wisdom on that? Sure. And you can ask us anything. We're relative open books. Um, But People ask me regularly, like, how did your kids handle this? Are your kids okay? And to be honest, unless we're living in some delusional (laughs) lifestyle, which could be, that could be, (laughs) it really could be, we all have blind spots. It was like, this is what's going on. Mommy's going to be a little bit more sick than you're used to. We're going to have more people around the house than usual. Daddy's got a lot going on as well, but guys, God's going to help us with this and we're going to get through this. And they just took on, and I'm not talking about false positives. I'm not even a positive person, right. to be honest. I'm a very realistic human being. <laughs> this is going to be hard. I'm positive. John's very, he's optimistic. I, I have to choose faith. Remember, yeah. it's not easy. And so, but just talking them through it, like our, our three-year-old at the time, son, did go to school a couple mornings and said, mommy's going to the hospital again. Yeah. And so the teachers would say, John, John's worried about the hospital again. Uh-huh. But but I told him, mommy's going to the hospital today. Yeah. You know, Or mommy won't be home. Or mommy's going to be really tired when I get home today. Yeah. And they would come and kiss me and get on with life. Yeah. And I, I can't explain it, but out of the mouth of babes is such an encouragement. The Lord used them to speak so much life. My yeah. older daughter, I thought if anybody, she's going to really, you know, yeah. she's going to, this is going to affect right. her. And she would say things like, well, mom, of course you're going to be okay. And I'm like, well, honey, I mean, we hope so. But cause I'm, I'm like, you know, let's, <laughs> right. let's be realistic here. And she's like, oh, mom, <laughs> she's like, God's got you. She goes, we're just going to pray and you're going to be fine. Yeah. And I thought, oh Lord, I don't want to destroy her if I'm not right. fine. But then I thought, wait a minute, what if she's speaking faith that I need to be speaking? Yeah. What if she's the prophet in yeah. this moment that's speaking truth that I need to say, you're right, honey. You're right. Yeah. I am going to be okay. Wow. So I feel like they were our cheerleaders. Yeah. And it's like we were their cheerleaders. I think when, when we say that we were supposed to navigate with authenticity and, and transparency, we took that on with our kids too. Yeah. And uh, we've always had the kind of ethos at home. I've always said to the kids, I will never lie to you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if I can't tell you something, I'll tell you, can't t- I can't tell you. But you can ask me any question, anytime. And, and we will sit down and we'll have a conversation about it. And so hmm. even on daddy daughter dates, I say, any question, put it on the table, you know, and, uh, and we just try and have those kind of moments. And so in this process, I would say to them often, like, is there anything on your mind? Is there anything you want to know? Is there anything hmm. you're struggling with? And for the most part, they were like, nope, we get it. Yeah, I mean, there's always those times John John said, mommy's sick. He's, you know, three, four. 
uh, Bella was speaking faith. Julie, who's eight, comes in one day and says, so let me get this straight. Grandma had cancer when she was 39 and mommy had it when she was 37. Does that mean I'm going to have cancer one day? Talk about a moment where you're like, Poof! how do you answer that? And I said, uh, I said, well, we don't know what the future holds, but the doctors do say when you're 30, you got to start getting checks. So, you know, we'll navigate that together wow. and uh, make sure that you're, that you're healthy. But that's why we're making some of these family decisions, some of these changes, you know, yeah. we got rid of sugar for the most part at home and, yeah. you know, some health changes, but they, we try to be honest with them, navigate it, create space. They could talk. And, and honestly, they've done better than I did. Yeah. <laughs> I'm that's- sure there's things you didn't do perfectly, but, um, but honestly, our kids seem to do really well. Yeah. yeah. That's an insightful question that, that they were able to connect the dots between grandmother, mom. I mean, that's, that's a higher level of reasoning and thinking. That's not just, Sorry, one, one, I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's something there for sure. Um, Brandy, you shared um, one scripture. Is there any other scriptures that maybe have come alive or more been more anchoring points for both of you? John and Brandy both could share if you'd like, but scriptures that have really anchored you through this process. Oh Yeah. Absolutely. I think the word of God in general was the anchor because I realized I've got to strengthen my body, but I've got to strengthen my mind. Hmm. And, um, and I just knew that, that was going to include meditation on scripture, specific yeah. daily truths, etc. But even though I was intentional about scripture, um, the Lord was just so good to speak, but so clearly. So Isaiah 41 was a big one yeah. that I was chosen and not rejected. And that was hmm. a really big one. He would give me strength. I remember one day after coming out of anaphylactic shock and um, just a horrible experience, my veins blew out. It was just a really bad experience. And I'm laying on the couch and I open my Bible and I wasn't even trying to go somewhere specific. I was like, Lord, <laughs> I know you love me. So speak. Right. And he did. And the verse that I opened directly to was a bruised reed. He will not break a smoldering wow. wick. He will not snuff out. And hmm. I just remember praying in faith. Like I am a bruised reed. Don't let me break. Like hmm. I am a smoldering wick. Do not let me be snuffed out. And just hmm. verses like that. I remember one day coming back from treatment and, um, and someone wrote me through Facebook, actually a pastor's wife. And she said, Brandy, I'm just praying over you today that he's reached down from heaven out of the Psalms yeah. and pulled you out of deep, deep waters. And he's pulling hmm. you out of deep, deep waters. So that became my verse that we yeah. um, also worship songs that weren't specifically, you know, like a specific scripture, but my theme song was the song champion. Hmm. <laughs> And I went into every session, you are my champion, giants fall when you yeah. stand undefeated. Yeah. And I would just declare that because I knew I'm not a champion. Hmm. People would say, you inspire me. And I'm going, great. I'm not inspirational right now, <laughs> but you are my champion and you are who you say that you are, meaning I am who you say I am. And I would just stand on those things. Um, oh. So many things. His grace is sufficient. He's made power. is made perfect in my weakness. So many things that you think. Yeah. When you go through it, you're like, oh, yeah. oh <laughs> this is real. Okay. Yeah. yeah, for sure. For sure. John, any scriptures for you, bud? Yeah. So my, my process was less about the specific scriptures and more about the connection to an ongoing conversation with humanity. So, you know, those hmm. the stories of, uh, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. Though I walk hmm. through the valley of the shadow of death, you're with me. You know, so yeah. as I'm reading through scripture, I'm seeing all these stories and I'm going, I get you, man. Like I feel you. And so there's this, this, this tension between life is crumbling and falling apart. I don't know what to do, but yet you're there. Amen. And so that, to me, that was just the process God brought me through was just a connection to the biblical stories of saying life can sometimes be hard. Suffering is real, but God's yeah. with you and he's gracious. Wow. Wow. John's more story in general. <laughs> yeah. I'm more linear. He's more story in general. <laughs> 
<laughs> he's the guy that walked on water. He, he's got right. lots of story to tell if he o- walked only on twice, water. Only twice, only twice. <laughs> Another aspect of this is, from my understanding, is you went through your treatment in Spain, correct? Yeah. So further from your extended family in the United States, was that a challenge? Was that a blessing? I mean, not a blessing, but I mean, what that would, yeah. I think, would, would definitely add a lot of... Um, challenges i don't know how other to say it so would you mind sharing just a little bit about that sure. being so far away from extended family close to your church family but also walking through covid and, and cancer and everything else yeah so um actually my family doesn't live in the united states my parents oh, okay. are in south america well there you go so, yeah so they're in uruguay so there is not a home base in the united states necessarily that i consider home john's parents are in the united states yeah. and my sister but he's a military brat so he was that's raised true. all over the world i was that's raised in Latin america so home has always been defined as where we are together and hmm. as each child added on to that home became where the five of us are together you're yeah. experiencing the beginning of empty nesting which terrifies me <laughs> but um <laughs> so your heart is divided but ours is still very much under one roof yep. and so um, the, the decisions we made based on where to receive treatment and et cetera, were based on where do we have the best medical care and where do we have the most support? Where will things be the most normal and most sustainable for our family? Yeah. And so, um, we have excellent medical care in Barcelona. Had that not been the case, we would have had to leave, but yeah. we have excellent care. The yeah. other thing is we have excellent support. Um, we, we are the team in the church are our family and our family was here and we didn't want to disrupt the children's routine more than we needed to. So uh, had it not in a different circumstance, maybe we would have to leave the country and do something else. It never crossed my mind. Hmm. (laughs) Wow. Wow. And I guess your French is fluent enough that being in Spanish hospitals didn't, you could, I don't know. Yeah, it was, it was perfectly fine. Honestly, we, um, yeah, the language just wasn't an issue for us. Yeah, it's amazing. And we had the doctor there that had delivered Julia and John John that was helping along the way. And, you know, we had she was my surgeon on my first operation. One thing that I think is interesting is, you know, how this goes when you walk through any kind of struggle, suffering, pain, everyone gives you their opinion. Yeah. And so, you know, the moment that Brandy was diagnosed, we I mean, our inbox was full text messages coming in carrier pigeons arriving on the porch, you know, and, and it's like, Here, here's what you need to do. And, and I think one of the best things that, that I could say to anyone walking through this from my point of view was make the right decision for your family. You know, wow. you've got to, you got to talk about it. You got to pray about it. And, and you got to say, what are the, what's, what's best for us in this season? If that means going back to home country, great. If that means coming to Barcelona, we'll buy, we'll buy you coffee. Yeah. You know, th- those kind of things, I think you have to think outside the, the norms of whatever is pushing on you in those moments and go, what is best for our family? What gets us to health? And even one of the things for us, we have an excellent hospital. Uh, our insurance covered everything. And yeah. so if we'd gone back to the States, we would have, we would have been in debt at this yeah. point for all the treatments you had to have. So yeah. what works best and what helps you navigate towards health? Yeah. And so John, you hit on it. Well-intentioned people that have, you know, but sharing their opinions. What is a more maybe a, a compassionate response for somebody like me who's listening in and what have been, a, I know that the desire to share our opinions is maybe seen, we think it's compassionate, but what have, would there have been something else that maybe we can learn? You said walking through this, if we wouldn't learn and grow through COVID and cancer, you know, God can help us grow. How can others support care and maybe not offer so many opinions? What would have been a, maybe a better offer? To be honest, it never bothered me when someone gave a sincere attempt at help. Hmm. Um, for example, I had a friend going through a scan yesterday and I yeah. gave him a link to an app that would help yeah. him get his results sooner yeah. because you might know something about that right. journey, For sure. particularly people who have been through it. 
It's the people who haven't been through it who want to act like they know what you're going through <laughs> that is a real disservice to those in suffering. Hmm. Um, if you don't have anything to say, don't say anything. Hmm. Just say, I'm so sorry you're going through this and I'm praying for you. Or ask questions. Or ask questions. Ask questions about what the journey is like. And if they don't respond right away, don't get offended. They're going through a lot. Yeah. And, um, you know. Yeah. How can I help? How can I help? You know, what's your address so I can send a meal? How can I be praying, you know? How can I bless your children? I mean, yeah. just all of that is just like, oh, God is taking care of us. We're yeah. going to be okay. Yeah, amazing. Prayers. Are there, what, what did, what's God laid in your heart be praying about now? What are we praying about now? <laughs> well, go ahead. Who's the question for? <laughs> Either one. Uh, I'm the futurist, so I, you know, I'm praying and believing for the future. <laughs> so with regards to cancer and COVID and all of that, my yeah. prayer is that it'll count. Like, yeah. Lord, make this count. Like, if we're going to go through this, then change lives. Like, you were sharing about a story you had shared on generation to yeah. help someone's life be changed. Yeah. Very similar. Like, Lord, yeah. make this count. If my, That's what we're doing today is sharing yeah. the story. Um, so if we're going to go through suffering, I want people to know Christ. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Sure. And I've been able to share him with so many people in so many influential realms that I did not have prior to the suffering. Yeah, for sure. John? I think one thing that has really impacted us in this time is we've gone uh, from having an understanding of what something is from the outside to being in the inside. And so we, we've said when it comes to suffering, when it comes to pain, when it comes to diagnoses, like we don't approach them the same way ever again. When someone says that they're struggling through similar things that we've walked through, I pray differently now. And so our prayer is, is that, Lord, let this count, help it to make a difference in people's lives. And then my prayer personally, because I, I think towards the future is, Lord, how do we help step, help us step into this new reality? Because the world's changed. And, yeah. and we talked to so many people that are trying to go back to how it was yeah. pre-cancer, pre-COVID, pre-whatever. And they just want to get back. And my fear for people is if they're just trying to get back, they're going to miss the world that's being created in front of them. And so our prayer is help us to understand what the future looks like, help us to understand how to navigate it and to create space where people can find home and life change through that. So amazing. And so, um, yeah, just one, I got one or two more questions and we'll, we'll move to, to ask you to pray for us. Um, is there a question I should have asked that I didn't ask? That's one of I've been asking in the podcast lately. Is there something he really should have asked this question? He missed it. So I don't want to, if there's something you thought I should have asked, this is your opportunity. You absolutely implied it in several of your questions, but I didn't hear you directly say what's your greatest takeaway from this experience. And I didn't ask that question because I didn't, to me, sometimes I feel like that is, uh, maybe too direct or yeah, but uh, go ahead. Uh, you, you brought it up. You brought it up. So, so then you can, we, you can we love direct. We okay. love direct. And well, I, go think ahead. That, um, I think there are some things that, you know, like I said, no turning back, there's a few major takeaways. Yeah. The first is this, and I'm very passionate about it is early detection. Hmm. I want to say to anyone who is listening, who has not had their checkups and you know what I'm talking about, yeah. get them done. Make yeah. it happen. Husbands, take your wives to the appointment. Women, take your husbands, whatever it is, because the doctors were very clear, very clear that had this not been diagnosed when it was, it would have been stage four and I would not have lived beyond 18 yeah. months of that, of that time. Hmm. Meaning right now, because yeah. I'm 23 months after, after diagnosis, I, I potentially would not be alive yeah. had it not been for early diagnosis. Yeah. The interesting thing is I was not trying to early diagnose I told my doctor no. But by yeah, you're God, trying. You're right. trying to leave. You're trying to leave and get John to uh, approve of you leaving us. 
<laughs> but by God's grace, early detection was was done. And so that's why now I'm saying to others, do it. Yeah. Yeah. The other major takeaway take for me, yeah. yeah, take your health very seriously. You yeah. cannot bless others if you are not well. It's just the truth. Yeah. yeah. So um, and I think we're really bad about that in the mission world. Um, yeah. second thing is obligation. And then I think we're really bad about in the mission <laughs> world. Um, is that I realized I've been living under layers and layers of obligation oftentimes, which can lead to left breast cancer because that is attached to the nervous system, a high strung personality, which is, you know, God given to some degree, but exacerbated by stress. And, um, like, for example, I'm doing this talk today because I want to, Yeah. okay. Not because I should, Yeah. not because I should give God glory through telling the story. No, I want to do this. I want to tell the story, making decisions based on, yes, what has God called me to do? But what am I, what, what am I passionate about? What am I excited not just the layers of you should, you have to, you need to. And that mm. was a huge learning curve for me in the last two years yeah. was wow. to live under less obligation. It doesn't come from God. It doesn't come from our leadership. It comes yeah. from within. It's from us. And the enemy uses that to keep us in bondage wow. and to make us sick. Yeah. Um, and then a third takeaway, I think, would be what we talked about with faith. Yeah. Um, I, I have always, the future has always been a really interesting topic for me. And an eternal perspective has just been, it's just been, you know, indelibly branded on me that this world is not where it's at. (laughs) We have a future here, but our future with him is where it's at. And, um, and just looking at things through an eternal lens is I'm not the same person that I was with regards to that. We'll never see the future the same way. Yeah. John, you have any takeaway home? She, takeaway points? She opened the door. I wasn't going to ask. Mean, she, she opened it up. I don't up, how to so. follow up her takeaways. The, the, what I would I say. I took a lot away. <laughs> I refuse to leave unchanged. I took a lot away. Uh, I, I would say just a couple of quick things would be, um, you know, just be real through the process. Hmm. We, we've seen that over and over in leaders that don't navigate things with honesty and transparency. So I would say to anybody, do that. Just hmm. as a general life rule, start applying yeah. that, especially coming through pain or yeah. sickness or tragedy. Um, that's the only way that people surround you. Otherwise, you look too strong. And we weren't supposed to be too strong. We hmm. rely on his strength. Hmm. And so be real and, and embrace the reset in the process. The, that To me, uh, through COVID, through cancer, through this season, we've tried to have open hands and open heart and say, okay, God, uh, if you're hitting a reset button on everything, then take away what you don't want to be here. Help us to focus in on what's important and what really matters at the end of the day. And so, you know, I hug my kids tighter than I ever have before. I take my wife on a date every week. You know, um, when we're putting on their clothes in the morning, I make sure I tickle them, even though we're running late. Uh, Let the let the reset happen and embrace what what the Holy Spirit wants to lead you into, because it's worth it. And if not, you're missing out on what he wants to do in a big way. Amazing. It has been a joy to uh, see you guys over the miles and um, your, your love your, for each other um, is clearly evident and um, your love for Jesus just comes through the screen and um, you put a smile on my face. I think I've laughed more, laughed more, more in the last uh, 35 minutes and I've laughed in a long time. So that was a good Aww. thing. And um, will you pray for us today? You pray for the audience that, that God will use this, um, your wisdom, your insight and your experience um, to encourage and to challenge each of us. Yeah, Father, we thank you for this time together. And Lord, you know every person who's listening to this, and you know why they're listening to this. And I just pray, Lord God, right now that you'll be touching every heart. Lord, if there are people who are sick physically in their body or in their minds right now or in their hearts, I just pray for healing in Jesus' name. 
I thank you that you brought us through to the other side. You granted us safe passage. And that's what you do. You grant safe passage. So I pray that for everyone listening right now, that you would grant them safe passage through the trial, through the difficulty, through the suffering, Lord God. I pray that you would change each of us, make us more like Christ through the things that we're going through. Father, I just pray that my story would count, but Lord, that you would use it to spawn so many other people that their story matters too, that they would tell their story with confidence, with transparency, with faith, so that others can know you and so they can know you more as well. Father, we just trust you. God, we don't know what the future holds. None of us do. But we thank you so much that you're with us, that you're for us, and that we have a future here and we have a future forever with you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.